Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to viahemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say? Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh my gosh, we are beyond excited about this episode. UFC champion Holly Holm. Oh my gosh, I've been a huge fan ever since five years ago when she just became so famous for that Ronda Rousey Holly Holm fight where she beat Ronda Rousey, who was undefeated. And she is such a class act. I'm sure you remember that moment even after she had won and worked so hard. She kind of knelt down to make sure that Ronda Rousey was okay. And for me, that's one of the biggest moments in sports histories. It's defining for women and she is such a class act. And oh my gosh, she reveals so much on this interview. So that is ahead today on the Hey Fresh podcast. I want to thank our sponsor and you all know the best way to support this show, AJ, myself, and everyone that works on our team is to frequent our sponsors. We love Bowtie Joe, who's been a longtime friend of the show. You probably heard him a couple weeks ago. He's a financial advisor with over 15 years of experience. And whether you have $500 to invest or $500,000, Joe is ready to take you on. He's an independent financial advisor. He can give you direct advice on whether it's your 401k, 
whether it's investments, IRAs, and so much more. Go to jp2management.com. You do not have to have a fortune to start becoming a client of Joe. And I've been working with him for years. He is trusted, well-respected, and any friend of the show, boom, you should call. You can call and make an appointment with Joe for free right now. Go to jp2management.com. All right, here's our girl, Holly Holm. I am beyond, I'm going to fangirl. I'm going to seriously fangirl for a minute because I like love you. I'm obsessed with you, Holly Holm. You are like. I'm pumped to be here. Okay. We're seriously thinking about getting an RV and driving across country. And I'm coming to New Mexico to just like do a workout with you and party with you. Because you are like, I mean, you're just beyond a star. You're amazing. 100%. If you go go across country, come to New Mexico. (laughs) We got the invite. Did you grow, you grew up in, in New Mexico, right? You've lived there your whole life? Uh-huh, born and raised. So Albuquerque is where I'm at now, but I was born and raised in Bosque Farms. It's like 20 minutes. Oh my God. Albuquerque. Like it's not far. It's just where, you know, ditch banks and pastures and stuff are more country. <laughs> I hear, look, I, I told you yesterday when we were talking, it's like same thing on the opposite side of the country, right? I'm in Maine. It's just like cow field after cow field. So I hear you. Small town girl. I like it though. I, I like it. Yeah, so no, you never want to move to LA, huh? I mean, if I moved there, I, it would have to be like certain opportunities or it would have to be maybe not in the middle of LA. Maybe like closer to just be by the water. Like oh, most yeah. Beach. Okay, well, in the meantime, I guess we'll have to keep fighting, right? It's until then. Um, Obviously, everyone knows you as fabulous MMA champion and UFC fighter. Um, We're going to get into all that. But I really wanted to have you on the show because you are so inspiring to women. Just the way you carry yourself, how you persevere through challenges, through wins and losses. And I just can't wait to kind of have you give advice to other women on how you do it, you know, year after year day after day so you actually started when did you realize that you wanted to get into like MMA fighting was it like when you were like 16 17 were you that young well okay so when I was mm, about 16 17 I wanted to wrestle and my back then a lot of girls weren't wrestling there was no girls on the team my parents were like "Mm, I don't really know if we want you to be the only girl on the wrestling team you know they just weren't really sure about it and I'm sure if I would have really pushed for it they would have let me because anything that I put my heart to they they supported but I, I didn't really like go out of my way to push it too hard and then um in between soccer seasons I started going to a cardio kickboxing class and so the more I started kind of doing the classes after the cardio part was over people would come in and spar and they had the the technique classes going and I thought that kind of looks like fun so I want to try it so I started going to some of the sparring classes and then I just told my coach, which is Mike Winkleton. That's the gym I walked into just by chance and then my coach to this day. Uh, I just said, you know, I want to fight. I don't know if I'm ready. So just whenever you think I'm ready, let me know. And eventually he just came up to me and was like, hey, there's going to be some smoker fights in town. Uh, we can get you a girl to fight. You want to do it? I was like, sure. <laughs> and I thought I was going to do it one time just to see what it was like. And I actually don't consider this my first fight. It was, but it wasn't. Um, it was a girl that was weighed less than me, but she had had like 20 fights and I had never fought. So they call it, you know, an exhibition fight. And so on the way down there, my coach picks me up and he's like, hey, uh, you know, they're going to be telling you this is an exhibition and don't go hard. But they always say that shit. 
So I don't know. If I'm yes, curse. We curse, curse all the time. No, we're trying to be polite for you, but oh my god, we curse like sailors. No, we're please. <laughs> we're like we're so inappropriate. Anyway, so I was like, um, he's like, they always say that. So you know, you need to just go out there and just go off on her because she's had twenty fights. I don't care if she weighs less than you. She's experienced, so you need to go off on her. So I was like, okay, so the fight's getting ready to start. And they're like, all right, this is an exhibition. We were in the ring. You know, it's like this old gym down on the 4th Street here. And um, they were like, you need to go live. This is an exhibition. I was thinking in my head, he said they'd say that. You know, he said yeah. that. And so then the fight starts. And I just like throw, go crazy. And the other team throws in the towel. And they were like, this is ridiculous. This is an exhibition. She's going too hard. And I was like, oh. So I went back to the corner. They called the fight. And um <laughs> And Mr. Winkler John was like, oh, sorry about that. And he goes, and then like quietly is like, okay, good job, good job, good job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, if I had like the fight in me, but it really wasn't like <clears throat> my first fight. Cause it really, it was like one combo and they were like, no. My first fight was Arizona. And he told me, I think this girl knows how to pace herself. And I was like, all right. And she was like kind of big. So the fight goes, it was a draw and it was a battle. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, she was the Arizona State champ. Like, good job. <laughs> I was like, thank God he didn't tell me before. But, you know, he's one of those that I think he, if he sees the potential, he wants to just believe in you. And the more he believes in you, the, the more it's like you believe in yourself. And wow. so anytime since then that he's like, we can do this, I'm like, okay, we can do it. Um, yeah, Mike sounds great. Actually, we want to see if we can hire him as a motivational coach. Like, when <laughs> you're done, because he seems amazing. He is awesome. I'll tell you what, he's great. He's he's one of those who's no bullshit at all. Like there's no gray area with him. He'll tell you where he stands. It's perfect because you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, wondering what he's thinking or what he's going. Like if he's telling you he believes you can do it, he really means that he's not just trying to be your yes man or anything like that. You can't have that in fighting. How you can't have great if it's not. Now you two have been together though. I mean, it must be like 18 years, right? If not more. Yeah, yeah 20 years. Uh, that's amazing. So, I mean, I'm assuming he's evolved too, because obviously MMA, like you were saying that you have a jujitsu coach, there's kickboxing, there's so many different things. So how has, how have you two kept that relationship growing and thriving all um, these years? You know, I think the biggest thing, uh, is that there is no bullshit. It's straight up. He just, not blending. Like he just tells me how it is. And you know, I, if you want to be there to work, he'll work with you. And he's one of those that's always trying to learn, always trying to evolve. You know, he, um, when I, okay, so all my amateur fights, there was like eight amateur fights, and then I turned pro pretty quickly. But all my amateur fights were kickboxing. And then uh, I was having a hard time finding any fights. And so there was a promoter in town, Lenny Fresquez, who is now my manager. But he was throwing fights in town. It was just boxing, and it was pro. And my coach was like, well, there's going to be boxing fights in town, and we can get you on it. I was like, okay, I've never just boxed before, but let's do it. And he's like, and it's going to be pro. And I was like, that means I can't go back. But once again, if he believes I can do it, it was, you know, I knew he knew better than me. Um, and my entire boxing career was with him, and he was a kickboxing background for the most part. He had boxing fights as well, um, you know, professional boxing fights and, and titles and everything. So uh, I remember in a uh, an interview one time, like a live interview after a fight, and I had just won a big fight with a girl who had uh, trained with them, you know, out at Big Bear and had the, all the main, 
you know, big names coaching her. And like, have you ever thought about getting, you know, like a real boxing coach? A real boxing coach? Yeah. Defended. I said I just won the fight. So, who, what titles for a real boxing coach? Yeah, I have one. Thank you. Well, I was going to say, what are you talking about? And that, so, but with him, he's always evolved with things. And going into MMA, you know, he joined. You know, him and and Coach Jackson put their brains together, and he's constantly learning and evolving and, and putting the strikes together to apply to MMA. And then we also have the wrestling coach, you know, coming in. And some wrestling coaches come in. And they only want you to do kind of strict wrestling. But not all wrestling moves really necessarily work in MMA when you're adding kicks and punches and knees and things like that. So they all just really work together. And that's what makes it so great. Well, the loyalty is amazing because I imagine over the years as you grew in UFC, you've probably been approached by many coaching teams to join them. And so it's impressive that you two have stayed together and grown. You know, if I felt that I was missing something here, and it's my career, trust me, I, I, I want to do the best I can for it, then I would have branched out or reached out, but I never needed to. And I just was very fortunate. You know, a lot of people spend half their career trying to find a good coach or a good gym. And a lot of those people are the ones that are coming into our gym and finally finding that, you know, that's the best place to be. And I was just so fortunate to walk into his gym to do cardio kickboxing classes. And it just happened to work out that way. And I was just really blessed to be in, you know, with the best coaching since the beginning. And um, doesn't mean that I don't want to learn from other people or learn from other styles. You know, we learn from watching film. And, and even my coach, he says, oh, if you got something cool to show me, show me. Yeah. You know, he's not too prideful about it. And um, I've just, you know, I have a loyalty there. And I'll tell you what, uh, my coaches are loyal to me as well. You know, they... They stand by my side because it goes both ways. You know, a lot of coaches sometimes are kind of looking for their own uh, glory out of a lot of things or sure. their own selfish reasons. And our coaches truly want you to do well. They truly want you to win selflessly. So it's amazing. I, I think this is always an interesting part of your story. You know, you grew up, your father's a preacher. I mean, when your parents first came to a boxing match, right, and they see you get like a shiner, I mean, did they like freak out? Did you grow up like a fighter? I mean, I think it's amazing they supported you because I don't know if I could sit there and watch my daughter get hit and be like, okay, keep going. And did they support you starting off? Like, were they totally okay with it from the start? You know, uh, when when I said I wanted to start fighting, they were like, well... You wanted to wrestle in high school. You want to, like, they're like, you obviously want to do something super physical. So if if you got in you and that's what you want to do and that's what's on your heart, then do it. And they supported it. Uh, My mom doesn't like to watch the fights so much. Maybe not necessarily just the physical part, but she just, it's a lot of emotions and everything. Um, Always supported from the get-go. My dad worked all my boxing fights. And um, they've always supported. And the thing is, uh, they're, they're not, they're not, sensitive people you know my dad grew up on a farm very tough like life living like that and being out being physical and then my mom grew up in you know wyoming and hunting and fishing and you know her parents owned a rock shop so she would go help like mine with them and find stones and things like that and fossils and uh hunt and you know do archery so there i don't i wasn't you know raised by parents that were um yeah, they were city people. They're they're physical people, and you know they're all about taking life 
and just going with it and, and owning your own life. So what is the worst hit you've ever had? Because I mean, it's the, I thought like the injury after that cyborg fight, when you had that black eye, it was like, that looked so painful. What's the worst injury? Um, I, okay. So I have like four main injuries. Um, I've got this one. Oh my God, girl, how you got up and you're like smiling. Wait, did you lose a tooth too in this fight? No, that's my tongue. I'm going like, Oh, okay. Your tongue. Okay. Thank God. (laughs) One of the worst pictures ever, but whatever. So the black eye here, it's just pressure. It wasn't painful during the, I actually thought that cut and I go like this. And I saw no blood, and I was like, oh, crap. That's a hematoma. It's, it's going to, like, blow up. You know what I mean? It's bleeding, like, inside. Oh. And it's not painful. I didn't have any – there was no – like, you know, a lot of people have broken orbital sockets and things like that, and, that, and nothing uh, was wrong with it. It was just – it's blood. It's a big bruise. It's just blown up. Um, but that actually – you know, my hardest hit, um, I'm going to have to say, was Anne Sophie in boxing. She knocked me out. Oh, like, not just a little, but like hard. And I have to say, her p- actual punches were the hardest punches I ever took. Um, I mean, she knocked me out, help, like real bad. But I came back and I beat her in the rematch, so we're good on that. It's all good. But how long does it take to recover for some from something like that? So you, when you get knocked out, I mean, you you must have a concussion, right? So I mean, when after that, do you, are you down for like a month? It just depends. Like, how does it? The fight right there. <laughs> that was the one I was talking about, the Anne Sophie fight that you're yeah. showing. Um, you know, that fight, yeah, I took a little time to recover from that fight. Uh, like, my fight, I've been knocked out uh, in MMA once, and that was Amanda Nunez a year ago. And that fight was like a one-clip flash knockout. wasn't really, you know, like I was staying up and walked out, and like I had – no headache. I had no, I'm not really even sure if I actually had a concussion. It was just kind of a flash knockout type thing. Um, that one was like, I, I didn't feel any side effects from it at all. I didn't have any headaches. I didn't have any pain. I didn't have anything like that. But the fight with Anne Sophie, yeah, I had a super headache for a while and I actually got a scan on my brain and it had like, it wasn't bleeding, but like a little bit of like blood, like blood vessels, like pop where there was like a little bruise, right? However long it takes, like a bruise on your arm to go away, that was about how long. Sure, yeah, a couple weeks to really, yeah, for it to go down. Um, So, Holly, have you ever worried over the years? I mean, you know, there's so much talk now in media around professional sports and CTE and, and, you know, the long-term effects of concussions. I'm sure in your industry, obviously, you guys are talking about it. How do you deal with that? Do, Do you think about that often? I don't. I've had a pretty long career, and I guess if I felt like every single fight was like that, then maybe I'd worry about it more. But as you know, for as long as I had, and as long as career that I've had fighting, um, I I don't. It's not like a crazy amount of damage that I've taken. Um, I mean, I know people that have had big problems from a car wreck or from falling snowboarding or from you know. There's a lot of things in life that people do. They fall off a horse and horseback riding. I mean, any kind of thing. Yes, there is a higher risk because we're getting in there, but I feel, feel like anything in life put yourself at risk in some way. You might as well just enjoy and do what you want to do. With making the right decision, if you do feel like, you know, you're getting what we call like punch drunk, then 
then it's time to I call it quit. I said there's three things that I would quit my career over, and that would be my brain, my eyes, and my spine. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Bone, ligaments, muscle tears, whatever. That stuff doesn't bother me. But yeah, those would be the big ones. Um, Take us to 2015. You know, obviously in the in the fighting world, people knew you um, before 2015. But it's hard to believe I was saying this to you five years ago was the Ronda Rousey fight. But that to me is one of the greatest moments and biggest moments in sports history ever. That fight. I have a million questions about it. Tell us about that fight leading up to it. You know, obviously you were the underdog. You know, Ronda had been undefeated. Um, everybody in in the UFC world, from Joe Rogue, everybody was betting on Ronda. So yeah. what was the preparation like leading up to that fight? Did you, like, turn off all media? Did you give us, like, I want to get in your mind about how you got to that moment. Well, it kind of started a little bit, before uh i'm not gonna take too long telling you the backstory but uh when i was 18 my dad and i were eating lunch and he it was an emotional lunch not gonna go about what it was about um just a lot of shit was going on in life for both of us and it was just one of those like bonding times and he's like you know i don't know holly but i just feel like sometime in this life you're gonna people in this whole world are going to know about you and you're going to just shock the world. And I just feel like you're going to just, you're going to do something that's going to affect so many lives. And, uh, I just feel like it's destiny. And that was one of those, I get chills talking about it now. I do. You can feel that because that's like a, that was a crazy prediction. And every time he's like, you know, you're just on your way. You're on your way. It's just going to be destiny. You're on your way. It's going to be destiny. And when I got the fight with Rhonda, um, you know, a lot of people, I only had two fights in the UFC, and then they set me up for the fight with Ronda, so it was really short notice. And everybody else was like, oh, awesome. Like, so are, are we excited about that? <laughs> like, wondering how I felt. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, ready. I knew that it was going to go quick. You know what I mean? We we felt that going into the UFC that it was going to be something quick. And how did you and Mike and your team know that? Just because you obviously probably studied her as an opponent, or... How did you feel that? Um, well, a lot of that, too, was just guidance between my manager and my trainer. Uh, when we signed the contract, it kind of took a little while because my manager was like, I want them to put a clause in there that if you fight Ronda, it's going to be a different set, a different contract that would go by and not your base contract. And he goes, I already know, Holly. He's, he's like, I've been promoting so long. He's like, I already know they want it. They want to get you in there, have, you know, some like excitement behind your name and then throw you in for the, the belt right away. I already know. And so we already, we already had a clause in there that if I thought Rhonda is, you know, it was a different contract we'd go by. And um, it was kind of one of those things that were like, you realize you're negotiating a, a championship bout and she hasn't even fought in the UFC yet. <laughs> He's like, well, if you don't think she's going to do it, then just throw it in there. What does it matter? Right. Well, um, when I called my dad about the fight, I was like, all right, I know who my next fight's going to be. He's like, oh, who's that? I'll look him up. And I was like, it's going to be with Rhonda. And he goes, oh, it's destiny, baby. It's going to happen. And it was like, everybody else was like, oh, my God, are you nervous? Are you this? Are you that? And he's just like, yeah, like, you're going to do it. And um, he's like, it's going to be a lot on you. He goes, but he's like, she's just another woman, Holly, and you have all all the, the tools in the world. And. I just, I just, I know you're going to do what it takes and I know you're going to make it and it's going to be, and it was really mentally taxing, but 
some of the stuff that I had to come back from in my boxing fights or my past had helped me prepare for those moments. Um, I had been an underdog a couple times, big underdog in boxing, and it just helped me um, to know how to deal with a lot of that. And I knew, I saw what, um, you know, media said, and it didn't really bother me much. Uh, one thing my dad always said too is, is like, Ollie, a lot of people think like, why me? Like, like why, why me to be the one to like shock the world or have a big upset or change? It's like, instead of that, like, why not me? Why can't it be me? And a lot of us do think that way. We think like that all these big things are happening for other people. And it's like, we're proud of them. We're like, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so cool. I like wish that was me. Like, why can't it be me? And so I just kind of kept those mentalities going. And I, I knew I had to do everything right. I knew that I had to be on my game and I knew I had to be focused. And um, it was just one of those things where uh, being around people who believe in me once again, helped me believe in myself. And I think that, uh, that's such a blessing. And a lot of people I do, I feel like they, in anything in life, hang around people that have like this negative draining energy. And it's just like, why even choose to be around those people? And I bet you don't, I bet you surround yourself with a team that, like you said, is why not me all the time. It sounds like your father instilled that in you, you know, very young. And you know what? In return, I remind myself that I want to be that for other people. When they say I want to do this, it's like, hell yeah. Well, you see it because the thing is, is you are just such a class act, which you don't normally see in sports. There's always like a lot of shit talking usually. And, you know, leading up to that fight, obviously the weigh in and everything, you know, Rhonda came at you. There was a lot of, you know, discussion about that. There was a lot of discussion that she wouldn't sort of bump, you know, um, you know, hands with you at the start. So did any of that stuff bother you or that just like at that point it seems like you were you were probably mentally in the zone so much and had so much faith and knew your ability um, yeah that- you know i i liked it when she came up to me at weigh-ins it's like it's real you know what i mean it doesn't it, it wasn't like oh my gosh she's in my face it's like oh, let's go let's go and you know she always usually was the one kind of really intense staring her girls down and with me, she completely let her emotions get a hold of her. And I loved it. I was like, so I'm already her skin. Did you know at that weigh-in that you almost had her then? Like, did you, you just, because it, because there's been a lot of debate, you know, obviously there was a lot of pressure on her. She'd become kind of a celebrity at that point, not kind of, but a big celebrity in Hollywood and done films and all that stuff. So everybody sort of says that moment was the moment at that weigh-in where people really knew you kind of had her, that mentally she was out of it you know i think that people can fight uh okay so the day before was ultimate media day and i could tell she was very okay so like some of my first stare offs you know like in amateurs you don't always get a stare down okay weigh in somebody else goes up to weigh in you're like in the back room of a gymnasium somewhere like you know it's very unprofessional like when you first start and then uh, i remember like some of my first like actual stare downs like uh, you get the shakes because your adrenaline's kind of going and you kind of learn how to kind of calm that down because you've been there before and she's had these like stone cold stare downs and we had a stare down at the ultimate media day and I saw her shaking and I know that she hadn't done that in probably who knows how long that does not mean that you have somebody some people fight really well out of fear some people fight very well with emotions. So you never know. 
Is she coming at me with all of her energy, all of her emotion, or am I in her head in a way that she can break? There, that can go either way, so it doesn't necessarily mean one thing or the other. All I knew is that I had her and I was under her skin more than she had been, and I wanted to make sure that I stayed with a sound mind and with a focus that was streamlined and not um, not return emotion for emotion. It and- was amazing. I mean, oh, and okay, so obviously, you know, you win the fight and that class act moment is the moment where you know you've won and I'm sure internally you're like freaking the fuck out. Like, I just won this huge deal. Oh my God, right? Your life is changing in that moment. Yet you go over and, you know, kind of kneel down to make sure she was okay. You know, how, I mean, you were like, just like the darling after that in media for two weeks. How did that feel? Was that like... It just seemed like instinctual. You, Why did you do that, I guess? You know, there's right away what we call the adrenaline dump. There's like the initial, it's like the fight's over and I'm like, it, you can't even explain what that feels like. Oh, I it's bet. That you cannot explain. It's like I, the best, it's like beyond being hammered. Like, you know how you get to that place where you're drunk and it feels really good, you're invincible? It's probably like beyond that. I tell people all the time, it's the high you can't buy. Oh. I bet. Like, like it's a high that you, there's nothing in life that duplicates it. Nothing. And then it's like, I did it. Fuck yeah. And then you look at your team and you're like, oh my God, we did it. And then you look out and you see, you know, I see my dad and, and my, some of my closest friends. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Like these people have been supporting me from the get go and believing in me. We all did it. And then, and then, so like your adrenaline dump goes through and then it's like, okay, let's be respectful for this person because that's what it is in martial arts is being respectful. And you can't have a win, a win that big without having someone who's at that big of a high. I have respect for her. She did a lot there. there I couldn't have an upset that big and shock the world if she wasn't where she was at at the time. So it takes both situations to make it what it was. And I have a respect for everything she had done in the sport. And I mean, and it's always easy to be nice when you're the one who won. I was very respectful towards her, but it does suck more when you're the one on the losing side and they're like hugging you. And you're like, Get the fuck <laughs> you don't want to be touched by them. <laughs> Stop. I know you're excited. I'm not. <laughs> you're like, but yeah. the- the aftermath, how she, you know, she went through that deep, deep depression. Did you ever blame yourself or you're like, that's her journey. Absolutely. She has to get over it. She has to deal with it. Absolutely. Uh, no, because if it wasn't her, it was me. Right. Right. Like that makes no sense. You both people sign up, they sign a contract and you sign up for it. And everybody in this world, which sorry to say this, but I think one of the biggest problems we have now is Nobody wants to be responsible for themselves. They want everybody else to cater to them and and take care of them. And do we need to listen to people when they reach out like that? With her speaking about her feelings, I'm glad she opened up and I'm glad she had support system. That's different. I didn't feel responsible, but I was glad that people were paying attention and wanting to be there because that is how life should be. Sometimes people can be down. It may not be anybody else's fault. But that doesn't mean we got to kick them while they're down right. either. And- so people are like going through shit in life. And yes, 
I'm glad that I, I mean, I, I felt bad she felt that way, but I did not feel responsible necessarily because if it, like I said, if it wasn't her, it's me. Well, and right. like you said, everybody is responsible for their own emotions. But I was asking you this. Did you, have you ever heard from her to this day after that fight? I mean, because, you know, and it, like, you, I agree with you, you know, it's on her. But essentially after that fight, and I think she fought Nunes, right, after that and lost. And then, yeah. then she retired from UFC, even though, you know, she was the biggest female name at the time. Have you ever heard from her for, to this day? No. And, you know, there hasn't really been a, a time that we've run into each other. It's not like we're, we've both been at a fight together or there's not a time, you know. And so, and I know she doesn't want to go out of her way you know, to talk to me. And, and I have talked with some of the girls that I've fought before. Um, not a ton. Um, you know, the girl that knocked me out in boxing and Sophie, um, after our rematch, we actually sat at the bar and drank beers and talked. I love it. I, I mean, that's amazing. I have to say C- cyborg is terrifying. Like I cannot picture going out with cyborg in Vegas after she's, I Absolutely just, not. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I no, I'm good. Uh, I know, you know, I know that my, I know that, uh, here's the thing with that fight, like Cyborg, I like, it doesn't bother me to go talk to her even after the fight. Uh, my ego hurts, my heart hurts because I didn't win the fight. That's one thing. But the fight was actually like a really close fight and it was a really good battle. And I know my face had a, you know, big black eye cause I had a hematoma, but I really didn't have any, uh, like injuries, you know, it's just the big brew. They call it. Hematoma is just, it's just bleeding, but it's bleeding on the inside. inside. And he's right. like, cut me, Mick. <laughs> I, I have two more questions <laughs> around that fight, and then I, I want to talk about your mental toughness. But after that fight, I mean, does Dana White call you? And he's like, holy shit, you have just, I mean, what you guys did for UFC fighting, was he freaking out for a week? He should have been calling you for like three weeks and buying you a Rolls Royce. I mean, I, like. I actually think that it took a while for them to all kind of change their plans and they didn't plan for me. I get along with Dana White very well, by the way, this is no, no shit talking at all. I get along with him. Great. But they didn't see this happening. They saw her winning and then maybe they'd set up another fight with cyborg at the time. What, you know, what the big fights were at the time they had this whole thing. And I kind of just fucked up their plan. Oh yeah. Bottom line. Uh, so I had a meeting and I'm like, you know, I had a meeting with them and I'm like, you know, and, and Dana White had done a lot for Rhonda. Rhonda did a lot for them. Sure. A lot of attention to the UFC. And I told him, I said, guys, I understand. This is frustrating. But we're here now. Well, and, and amazingly, I mean, it's like, hello, you know, I mean, anything can happen in sports. They didn't really think through what the scenario would be if you won. I mean, that is kind of crazy considering, you know, Dana is a marketing genius. You know, I would have thought there would have been a plan B. Yeah, it was. No, they just they just didn't see it coming. I will be honest with that. I had a meeting with Sean Shelby, who was the matchmaker at the time. He's still a matchmaker, but he matchmakes for the heavier weights now, but um and dana white uh you know i met with sean shelby in vegas right after the fight and then i also met with um dana white and uh and kind of the whole team in albuquerque after that and it is one of those things i told him i said i know that you didn't plan on all this and i know that she's done a lot for you you've done a lot for her and i know that 
there's a respect there. And she's your friend. I mean, she was Dana's friend too. They had gone, you know, you, you create these friendships, these relationships. And so I, yeah, I said, I know you didn't want to see it go down like that. I know you didn't want to see her lose like that, but it happened. I'm proud of it. I'm sorry, but I'm proud of it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that... forward, And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at you. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your job. Like we just had a kind of a raw, straightforward talk. And it was just one of those things. And, you know, and I wish that I could have kept the title and, and ran through as long as she did. And that's my plan is to get back to it. So, you know, there, there's a whole thing. They gave me, they gave me opportunities as well. And I fell short on some things and I'm still working for it. I'm still going forward. I still want to get back to the title shot. Um, so it's just that one thing about this job, bottom line, I don't care who you are, what position you're in, you never know what's going to happen. The future is so untold and everything you're so vulnerable. Yeah. There's more vulnerable place to be than in a cage across from someone because at the end of this fight, one's a loser, one's a winner. And you're, if you lose, you drop to here. If you win, you go, I mean, each right. fight How? much on the line. I'm so amazed. How have you stayed so humble? Because I would have become Conor McGregor by now. And I would have gone in there and I would have demanded tons of shit. Talk shit about everyone. How? What is your mantra in the morning, girl? Because we are. I have to do more of that because Conor McGregor, he's, he's got it down. He doesn't only talk it. He acts it. You know, he's lots yeah, he acts cocky. <laughs> like, but he does it. He fights all the best guys. He doesn't talk shit and then shy away. You know, a lot of fighters, what we call are like paper champions. They only take like easy fights. So like it looks good on paper. Um, like he takes all the best challenges and he always has. And he talks it, but he also walks it. So for me, it's just a different kind of personality. I don't think that has anything to do with any kind of difference of how we feel. I still feel that I'm worth something. And I still, I may be more quiet about it than he is, but I... Um, just different personalities. That's all. Did he, did he call you after that Ronda fight? I want to know who the biggest celebrity was that called you after that, but I would have loved, I mean, cause I'm, I feel like Connor totally has this persona, but then behind the scenes is probably this somewhat sweet, maybe Irish guy. <laughs> but, I had a lot of conversations with Connor, but I have seen him behind the scenes and had just quick hellos and things. And he's always been 100% respectful and, uh, I have nothing but great things to say about him. Um, after the fight, I never actually had like a lot of people personally like call right away, but um, like the president tweeted about it and whoever had the flash, I was like, didn't even know that he knew my name. You know? <laughs> and then there's like, uh, there was like other celebrities and other uh, actors. And I'm not saying I'm, this is not getting like into <laughs> just because I said the president it doesn't mean I'm getting into politics at all. I'm just saying who would have thought that would happen, right? Um, but uh, I think the only one that I really like talk on the phone to, uh, my friend R.D. is friends with uh, Jamie Foxx. And he had called my phone and was like, hey, I was watching the fight with Jamie. He wanted to say congratulations. And he wants to be hospitable if you ever come into L.A., you know, well, no, somebody was like, well, I was still in Australia and I was like, well, I'm going to be there uh, for the victory tour. And RD's like, I'll be here. Just call me. So, um, we actually all 
went over to I and I'm one of those. That's the thing. And with I will say, RD, he's known me for over ten years. Uh, he knows how I am, and he says, "Hey, you want to do this?" I'm like, "I'll be like, yeah." It's not just like talk, you know what I mean? And so right. I got to LA, I was like, so I'm in LA now. And this was only a couple of days after. I never went home after the fight. I flew from Australia straight to California. And yeah. I had no clothes. So I had to go just buy everything there <laughs> and then go, um, which the UFC gave me like a, um, like a budget to go. Hopefully a, a huge sure. fat check. Yes. With yeah. a lot of serious skin. Hi Dana. Yes. I'm going to need you to add some zeros. Yes. <laughs> well, I did get the knockout bonus and the performance bonus of the night. So I'll take it. <laughs> oh my God. I bet. Was that the highest paid fight you ever had? Did you end up making the most money from that? Um, in all honesty, no. Uh, the most I made was when I fought Misha Tate because you don't, it was different since I was already the champ then in going into the fight, there's you make even more at that point. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. That was well, the most I've made. We know, you know, and, and I know you're a private person. You don't always like to talk about your private life, but we do have to say, we think that you and Jamie Foxx should date now that you're single. I mean, we're just putting it out there, but you guys would look great together. I mean, would you ever date him? I know you're private, but I mean, Honestly, I'm really good friends with him. What? Uh, we're commenting on your hot pictures. You are smoking hot. He's in your comments. You know, he he and I actually we're we're good friends. So I mean, I'm you know I'm 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 just doing my own thing right now. I'm just single, <laughs> but I'm I'm uh, I mean, Jamie Fox and I get along really well. We we've we've um, we've actually become really good friends. We really have. My um, like I said, my friend R D works with him uh well worked with him became they're like they're like this and so there's been times that you know rd rd is like one of those people i mean i don't want to go as far as it but he's like like a brother kind of yeah like i spent christmas with him and the family up at their you know this ranch and i've uh he's i've known him for quite some time and so there's times that he'll call and be like Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? <laughs> You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, that's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. 
Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it, slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Ten years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating, and today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom, and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment, and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is myoptimalbody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Applin is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of our youth travel sports ruining families. Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I I feel like I'm going to have to get a caller driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Hits, we got to go. Killa, we got to go to the Super Bowl. You should be out here. And I'm like, hey, this is the day before the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, like, I text him. And I was like, so, RG, you know me. When you say, like, hey, do you want to do this? You know, I'll probably be like, okay, I'm coming. So I was like, hey, so when you say I should be there, do you mean that, like, as in – you should be here at the Super Bowl because it'd be fun. Or like, no, you really should be here. Come like and go. And he's like, I'm telling you, get on the plane. And I was like, you're 100%. Like I have a ticket and everything. Like I'll go. Okay. Uh, this is 
Super Bowls ago. And I was like, yeah, like, I'll, and he goes, he just FaceTimes me and he goes, get your ass on the plane. I said, okay. And he's with all that group. So there's been plenty of times we've all hung out. Right. We had a good time and we're all friends. And I just, I was in my car. I had no clothes. I had no shampoo conditioner. I had no brush. And I just, the only flight that was there to fly me overnight was leaving within the hour. So I just had to go straight to the airport and I had a pair of like, but I do this, RD knows this about me. Like, I'll just like uh, pick up the yeah, RD sounds like the friend we all need. I mean, this is like an RD's episode of The Hangover. <laughs> He's what? Yeah, always. And I'm like, all right, I'll be there. So I just go straight to the airport. I had a pair of jeans, a pair of Converse, and a black tank. And I was like, yeah, that's good enough for the Super Bowl. So How? I just. You're the downest ass bitch. I love this. <laughs> You're a down ass bitch. It's like, oh, I got some Converse. We're, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I would have had to, like, get an outfit, get some, you know. Yeah, you know, I got, I got, like, shampoo conditioner at like hudson in the airport need. yeah and i got a brush and i was like well the hotel will probably have a blow dryer but then i land in atlanta and i was like i have no bra <laughs> i don't need a bra <laughs> i'm going like i can't go no bra like around yeah that would I, I i agree like that one would be my <laughs> limit too like i, I need a bra, bra. I was with my friend. She was doing a photo shoot, like a boudoir shoot. And I told her I'd go with her to like, she's more reserved than me. And I'm like, do this, do that, stick it out. Like (laughs) when I was like, she's like, I don't know what she loves football. She's like, I don't know what the hell you're doing here. I'd be going, if I had an invite from them to go to be going to the Super Bowl, I'd be gone. And I was like, all right, I'll see you later. (laughs) So I pushed me over shampoo, conditioner, everything at the airport. And then when I got to the Atlanta mall, I was like walking. I was like, man, I don't know. I better figure something out. And there you I, go. I, uh, not in the mall, in the airport. They uh, got everything. There we go. That's all I needed. <laughs> and I was ready to go. Holly, I know you had a difficult year in 2019 for a lot of personal reasons. Are you are you back dating? You know, going through a divorce, I have to imagine, is incredibly traumatic no matter what. Um, so how is that going? Are you like, are you liking single life? Or have you guys, are you guys officially divorced? Like how are things personally? We're officially divorced. We have been for like a year and a half. Uh, it took about a year to get divorced. I know it was a big year. Uh, I know there was like losses and I went through a divorce that year, but really to be honest, the hardest years were the years before leaving. Right. Um, so without like, going into huge detail like I was in a bad place in my marriage big time and so I actually the hardest part was making that decision like is this really good for me um obviously it's against everything that I wanted morally wanted for myself like I didn't get married to get divorced at all so there was a lot going on there that was in my mind a lot the you know a couple years before the actual divorce yeah Um, the actual divorce was probably actually just like, oh. Right. You know, well, like, then you've made yeah. a decision, right? So it's like, okay, I finally made it. You're right. Not knowing what to do. I think that's the hardest part. And just being in some of the position that I've been with a lot of that. Um, it wasn't, you know, I going through the, the divorce, I lost a, a lot. Um, my house, my dog, like a lot. Like there's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, you would, it's one of those things that it's like, but I'm just really happy where I'm at. It's I love where I'm at right now. I'm happy. I enjoy my life. 
Um, I definitely don't want to owe anybody any explanations right now. So I'm enjoying just hanging out with my dog, you know, um, not saying I don't flirt, not saying that I don't, you know, like I'm not, I still am very much, um, a free spirited person. I'm also not one of those that's scarred. You know, some people go through a divorce and they're like, I hate men. I know right. there's so many good men out there. I'm not scarred. I'm not like a man hater. I know there's a lot of good ones out there and I'm not like scarred to where I don't trust in someone or I don't like, that's not me at all. I definitely know that there's so many good things in life. And so, but I just enjoy tooting my own horn right now. Yeah. I don't like to, I like to just leave last minute. I like to do whatever I want. I'm a little selfish like that. And probably even more so now 38. And like always kind of being like scheduled and, you know, in a serious relationship or whatever, like yeah. the longest I've been single and the, I don't know, I, I'm, like I said, it's not that I haven't talked to anybody. It's just, I'm doing you. Like you're doing yeah. you. What did what did you learn about yourself? Because I think every time a relationship ends for all of us, right, you end up learning a lot. And and for someone like you that's been learning about yourself and mental toughness forever, it's like, what else does she have to learn? But what what did what did that separation like teach you about yourself? Um, I think that okay, so I'm like a really patient person. But patience <laughs> out. Like, I don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. And so I need to be, and not that I, and my dad always says, don't start a habit you don't want to keep up. It's like if you're in a relationship, you're always doing something and then you're like annoyed at doing it. It's like, but you've always done it. So like, you can't be mad at them for expecting it because you've always done it. So you need to make sure he's like, don't start a habit you don't want to keep up. Mm. And I always felt like I actually addressed a lot of issues along the way. And I learned it, I was too nice about it. Like, oh, this is breaking my heart. You know, I really don't want this. Rather than like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You Tell have you to think. stand up for yourself. Like I said it before, but I think I was just too nice. And maybe they didn't think I was being serious. <laughs> and I learned that sometimes you just got to tell them, listen up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Do it. This This is what I want. I also need things in my relationship. Yeah. In this relationship. Absolutely. I'm a give and take person, but I'll tell you what, I, I definitely, I'm one of those that like will give a lot and then, you know. Do you think in your autobiography, you're going to like tell it all? Because I, I like reading between the lines when I see you interviewed about this. Because I'm like, oh, I know there's like some good juicy scoop there. But she like, she's very, you know, she's very classy. So she won't, I'd be out here trashing him left and right. But, you know. <laughs> I, I honestly don't mind talking about it. I don't. But I also don't, I, I just look at it from the outside and I'm like, I don't want people to think that I'm coming out and like being catty about it that's why i haven't really like just aired it all out but i mean there's there's some pretty shitty stuff yeah i i get the vibe he was not a great guy there towards the end you know whatever he was doing um and it's shitty you know i know you only realize it in the end and you don't you know yeah Mm -hmm. I got that vibe. And and shitty that, you know, I know he has a successful business in New Mexico. And yet you guys, you know, obviously it sounds like you paid a price to some degree after working your ass off to give him, you know, half your shit. It's like that should it should really be that the men give us half the stuff, but we don't have to give them. No. I've been saying this. 
Somebody asked you to sign a prenup. That might bite you in the ass later. Oh, really? Yeah. The prenup wow. bite, bit you in the ass. Oh, shit. I thought it would be the other way around. Oh, damn. Yeah, so would I. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that. So it doesn't matter. You know, it's one of those things that it's like, I'm my own business, and his is a family business, and so mine was only my money. Right. Oh. Laws only support certain things, and even though my business was still mine before, and it was still my sole separate property, there's a lot of things. But <laughs> in the end, I'll tell you a few things. I am independent enough to move on my own. I still can support myself. And a lot of women out there have kids involved. Don't maybe they're a stay-at-home mom and they're they feel stuck. Like, how am I gonna support myself? How am I gonna move on? How am I going to take care of myself? And a lot of people are really stuck in bad positions. And so for me, it's like I don't have any of that. I'm very blessed that I have independence and I have um, you know, like friends around me and I don't have any hate or ill will holding on it. I really don't. And that's being, I'm being totally honest. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, I feel like if you hold hate, well then you're letting that kind of like govern how you feel. You're letting that like, uh, control your happiness, your emotions, things like that. And so I've definitely made peace with it. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that are in worse situations, so I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, yeah, you know. Yeah, you have a great attitude about it. And, um, okay, so tell us this. You know, obviously that's the past. What are you looking for in a partner now? Because, you know, aside from Jamie Foxx, which we're really hoping that works out because <laughs> we're going to podcast live from your wedding. Um, we'll, you know, aside from that, what are you looking for? If you And I know you're sort of just taking your time, but if you could, like, wave a wand and, you know, kind of pick the person of your dreams, what would that look like? Um, I, there's no guessing. I know what I, I want to be myself. I'm kind of like uh, stubborn and kind of alpha a little bit. And <laughs> I want to be able to be that. I also want to be with someone who's like that. I challenge you. There's a pushover. I don't want to be, I want to be with someone who's confident, who is like, stands on their own two feet too. Yep. And then they're going to tell me how they feel straight up. Right. To allow that on me and, and allow my voice to be spoken as well. And to like, like take life by the reins and like, just go hard together. Like just go together, like ride hard together. Yes, definitely. Yes. Like, I don't think it has to be one side or the other. Um, I want to be able to still have my time with my girlfriends and have my, my alone time. And I, I, I like that. I, I want, I'm still going to be part of my team. I have, you know, there, there's definitely, I want to have fun together. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You, when it stops. It's like, why does that have to stop? Yep. It doesn't have to stop. Do they need to be really athletic? Like they've oh, got to be yeah. able to be at least active. They have to be somewhat only because, not because it's a judgment thing. It's, right. that it's just a common ground. Thread in your life. Yeah. 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 That we're going to see things probably more evenly if we both kind of are interested in the same thing. So if they're, into being active then yeah it doesn't have to necessarily be a certain sport or anything but like yeah it would have to be somebody who wants to be active because i feel like that's just a similarity in being compatible that has nothing to do with like oh if you don't work out you're not good for me no it's just that there's probably something that 
is more compatible with different types of people. And um, I'm not like a total health freak. Trust me, I still love my French fries and, and my cocktails here <laughs> and there. And like, I, you know, so I want to be able to, to be free, have, have fun like that. Um, I saw you drinking from a McDonald's cup and I thought to myself, she goes to McDonald's? This is, there's hope for me. This is there's cool. water in there. <laughs> Okay, you have been amazing. We we know you are a very busy woman, but we have rapid fire of questions that we want to know. First, we okay. want to know what you do with your hair. We're obsessed with your hair. It's like, is it naturally this color blonde? And what shampoo and conditioner do you use? Okay, well, naturally, it's a little darker. It's like oh. a stronger blonde. I do put a little bit of highlights in it. Um, right now, it is kind of rough. Like, it's had, it's, I don't know what happened here, but I'll show you. <laughs> Hold on. You see I mean, it looks super healthy. It looks yeah. great. You see how this is shorter than this? Yep. Right. I don't know what happened to it. It was all one length. I think either in grappling, it got ripped out. And there's a lot of it, actually, that's short. So we yeah. got to let this go up. But um, shampoo, conditioner, shampoo, I'm not too particular about. I'll use Pantene. I'll use Biolage. I'll use, it doesn't really matter, but my conditioner, yeah, I'm pretty, so I'll use there's like a certain, um, okay, it's like a big purple one. Pureology. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Pureology. When my hair is like super tangly and I can't like get knots out of it, that's one of my favorites. But also can give a buildup. It's like real thick, so I don't use it all the time. Um, Biolage, the purple lid one. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, yes, I love Biolage. Yep. Um, there's a B two B one that actually works pretty good. And is it not thermosilk or whatever? So okay. More expensive conditioners. More expensive conditioners. Yeah, we love that. <laughs> um, all right. Another question. Any plans to retire and what will you do when you do retire? You want to get into film? I want you to have a reality show where you go out hunting with your parents or do, you know, like, or you, that you, would know, be legit. you and Jamie Foxx <laughs> in Hollywood and then you take him hunting. You know, <laughs> what's next? I'll take notes. I like that. Me, <laughs> <laughs> he's hot. You guys would be so good together. Only I would go. With my my mom is like in crazy. Actually, she just got a prong head like three days ago. She just sent me a picture. My mom's a crazy hunter. Well, do people give you shit for that? By the way, you know, in this era where people are like, you know, hype. I don't know. They're all over your shit all the time. Do people yeah. give you backlash for being like a good hunter? For sure. I oh. put stuff to my mom before, and they say it's like. You guys know when you go to Thanksgiving dinner, like, the turkey came from somewhere. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Like, stop. It's it's not animal cruelty. Actually, the way my mom hunts is the most humane way to do it. Um, it's it's crazy. People get so upset. It's like, yes, I eat meat. I'm going to show you this. I don't know. This is my mom. Can you see that? Yes. Okay. Oh, what is yeah. this? Is this, like, is this a deer? No, it's bigger than that, right? It's a pronghorn. This was my mom like two days ago. Did she kill that with a bow and arrow? That is yeah. that is fucking badass. No wonder you can get hit by cyborg. I mean, this woman's out here with a bow and arrow taking this thing down. Sixty-five, and she goes hunting on her own. Sixty-five, nothing's stopping her. Nothing. <laughs> People want to know, by the way, can, could you fight and win? Could you beat a UFC male fighter? Do you think? Could I be a what? Could you beat a UFC male fighter? Obviously, the weights would have to be similar, but. Yeah, you know what? There's a lot of, I mean, obviously anybody can have a good day or a bad day in there. And there's certain fighters that's like, I feel like I could do this, this or that, on, you know, to them. But 
by the time they're in the UFC, they should be at a point where, you know, they should be a, a hard a hard one. But yeah, I think that there's 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 sometimes that's like, yeah, there's there's men out there that I can beat, but I'm not one of those that's like, oh, I get like they are stronger. So even at 135, 135 male is going to have a different kind of strength than that's why there's male and female. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm not one of those. Yes, do I think that there's some men out there that I can beat? I do. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I could be the champ at like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Who do you think? Definitely. By the way, though, if you had to pick one person, who do you think it would be that you could that you could potentially have a good a, a good match with? I ain't throwing names out. <laughs> I think it could Maybe be. People are going to be like, is it Conor McGregor, a little guy? We can get him down to 138 pounds. You know, I mean, we'll give him a few shots of whiskey. Still going to be stronger. <laughs> Well, and crazier. That's what I told you yesterday when I talked to you. You're not crazy enough. Like, this business, these people are amazing. I mean. Well, well I, definitely crazy. <laughs> yeah. Go in a ring and be like, yes, also, I want to get beat up. I'm also, like, not going to just throw, like, uh, what I try is different. But, like, I'll, I'll take the fight with plenty of people and give it a try. I'm crazy enough to try it. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I could be the champ at this weight or that weight against all the men or anything like that. Would I try? Absolutely. I would try. Okay. What, okay. what do you... Oh, go ahead, AJ. Oh, I was going to ask you about off-season, like what it looks like versus on-season. Are you working out every day? Are you multiple hours a day? Or can you actually take a break? I work out all the time just because I don't want to get into training camp. And then I'm starting training camp thinking, oh my gosh, I'm starting from square one. I'm so yep. out and I feel like shit. And it's like a lot of times that you get more injuries in training because you're not in shape. You're not ready. Uh, I definitely don't go as hard, you know, and I, I actually enjoy training more when I don't have a fight because you don't have like the anxiety. The pressure, yeah. Pressure. I love to go spar. I'll do however many rounds I feel like doing enough. And then if I, that's good enough, I'm not going to push myself too hard today. I, I wanted to work on a few things and, um, I still run pretty often. Um, like I run every week still, like when I'm, even when I'm not in training. Off season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll still hit miss with my coach here and there. Not as much as when I'm in camp. Um, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, I do, I actually do more strength training outside of camp than I do in camp because the closer I get to a fight, I don't want to – I my strength should be there. The yeah. last three right. weeks, it, it, what I do two weeks before a fight may not necessarily make me stronger in the fight. The strength should already have been built. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take away from my quality of training. Like, I'd rather put my energy into sparring. And, you know, if you go do a heavy lift and then try and go spar, you're not going to be as fresh. The quality of training is not going to be as great. So. Got you. What would be, I have just two more questions and then we'll let you go. What What would be your one piece of advice for women to become champions in their own lives? Whatever their industry is, whatever their, um, you know, whatever their internal battle or championship that they are trying to get. Because um, I just, I think your mindset is just uh, something to be admired and studied. So what would you say to women? What I think is the biggest thing, there's like three things I think that are really big. If you want it, and you say you want it, then do what it takes. A lot of people say, I want that, but then, you know. They're not willing to put the work in. Yeah. So if you really want it, do what it takes. Oh. And then in doing what it takes, be patient. Mm. From the jump and they go, and then, like, if it doesn't happen overnight, they're frustrated. And it's like, especially if you're going to do MMA, 
you start fighting for free. And then your first fight, I got paid 500, 500 bucks. Like you're not going to make a career of fighting off the job. It right. takes time to learn it. And so you have to be there and dedicate without a lot of return yet. So you have to be patient for it to happen. I think that that's the case with a lot of jobs though. You're not going to be running a business the first day you walk on the job. If you do that, it's because you've already ran the business somewhere else and they hired you, right? Yes. You got to get here first. And so I think that you've got to have the patience for it. And a lot of people get um, impatient and they're like, hey, you go for something else. It's like, you're almost there, man. Why didn't you stick with it? God, um, that's so good. Yep. But I, so I feel like it's, I think the hardest thing is finding what you want. That's I think great. that's the hardest thing. Yep. That's Once you know, then do what it takes and be patient uh, for it to take the natural steps to get there. Um, all right. We, we're in love with you. I mean, we could talk to you forever. We, we cannot. You're amazing. Wait. I want you to be my inspirational coach, my life coach, everything. I, I mean, is it, Mike it, Winklejohn taking on two podcasters <laughs> from DC? I mean, we need the mental training. We want to come train with have, Mike for a week. Hey, you guys, you can come down anytime for fun, but I already know you guys are some solid, good. <laughs> Strong-willed, strong-minded women. Okay. And back in the day, you know, Papa John's tried to poison Michael Jordan right before a big game. Do you want us to send Irene Eldana a pizza with some sort of <laughs> laxative on it right before October 3rd? We're down for you, girl. Whatever you need. I appreciate that support. <laughs> I definitely want her at her best because then beating her. Oh, good point. Will even be sweeter. <sighs> okay. Good. I appreciate that support, though. I love you guys. We got your bag. We, we are... You are just so fucking inspiring for women. Uh, we're so excited for your future. And, Truly. you know, you're going to have another championship. We know it. And what a prediction from your father. I mean, he's a gem as well. You know, he's definitely, there, there's been um, a lot of things I have to say that was going to be a lot harder for me to go through life without my parents. And my, honestly, my family and my friends are uh, the belief of my team and my coaches, the uh, guidance from my dad and my mom. Um, and the like hardcore biggest fans that my brothers are. Oh, wow. I mean, oh, fuck yes, this. <laughs> you got to have a support oh. system. I feel like that's yeah. like the biggest part. And you know what? Some people don't have that, but that doesn't mean they can't either. It's that at least without the people that poison your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So Surround yourself with a great team yeah. of people. And, and you've done that. Well, Holly, the fight is October 3rd with Irene Aldana. We cannot wait. You know we are praying for you and watching you and supporting you. so much. Of oh, course at UFC. Um, Holly, people can follow you on your Instagram, which is at Holly Holm. At Holly Holm. All right. Awesome. And we saw that you have amazing merch, which I was going to bring up, oh, so yeah. everybody can go and purchase the merch from Team Home. Yeah, so... It's, uh, if you go to my Instagram, you can just on the link. Okay, I love that. I'm going to need a crop hoodie. I need to get abs first, but yeah. around and do like a couple other like designs as we go. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God. Love it. we got hats. I love it. Holly, you're amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you, Holly. Thank you so much. you. You are great. Oh my God.